This is Fine Art Insights with Michael Rose. So welcome to the first episode of Fine Art Insights. Um, my name is Michael Rose, and I'll be hosting this podcast. I'm hoping to do it once every couple of weeks, and I'm hoping that each episode will be about 15 minutes long. So if that's too long for you, um, you can let me know. Or if you'd like to hear longer episodes, maybe something like half an hour, you can also let me know. Um, So the best way to reach out to me, if you have ideas for what you want covered in this podcast, is via my website, which is just michaelrosefineart.com. And my email is just michael at michaelrosefineart.com. And I'm also on Instagram at michaelrosefineart. Um, So today I'm going to probably just cover one topic, but I thought I'd start by introducing myself if you're someone who's listening to this who hasn't met me yet. So like I said, my name's Michael, and I'm an art historian and a gallery professional and an art appraiser, and I'm based in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, And just a little bit of background about how I got to be doing what I'm doing is that I earned my bachelor's degree in art history at Providence College, and then I got a certificate in appraisal studies in fine and decorative arts at New York University, Um, and I did that in 2017. So in addition to my day job, which is as the gallery manager at the Providence Art Club here in Rhode Island, I also do a lot of consulting for art collectors and for artists, and I also teach classes on art appreciation and art history and art business topics. I teach um, at smaller arts organizations here in the Northeast, and I also teach in the continuing education program at the Rhode Island School of Design. So I thought that this podcast would be a nice way to cover in a short format some of the topics that come up in the classes that I teach or questions that my students have had for me. And so typically we'll be covering either art market topics or also you know, art historical issues and issues that are in the news, and and it'll hopefully vary in every episode, and we can cover a lot that way. So for today's episode, I thought I would go in depth a little bit about art appraisal, um, because that's something I get a lot of questions about as an art appraiser and as someone teaching art business classes, both from art collectors, but also from artists who feel that their work may be appraised at some point. People are really curious about the the sort of techniques that appraisers use, and I think a lot of people are often confused about what exactly an appraisal is and what an appraisal means. So first off, like I said, I did the appraisal program at New York University, which they don't have the whole program anymore. I think they still offer classes in appraisal at NYU, but... I don't think it leads to a, to a certificate like it did when I was completing the program. So if you're interested in learning more about appraisal, that's a nice place to go. Another place to go if you're interested in learning about appraisal would be a professional organization. So I'm a member of the Appraisers Association of America, and there are several other ones, and each one of these professional organizations offer professional development opportunities in the form of classes and workshops and development around specific 
what they might call connoisseurship topics. And those classes and workshops can be really short, or they can be longer, but they would offer you a, a sort of direct opportunity if you were interested to learn about you know, the valuation of European porcelain, for instance, and how, and sort of the methodologies that appraisers would use to appraise that type of object. I think, first of all, there's a lot of confusion around what appraisers do and who appraisers are and what the purpose of an art appraisal is. And part of this, I think, comes from things in the popular culture. For instance, Antiques Roadshow. Antiques Roadshow is one of my favorite shows, honestly. But, and it came up a lot, actually, when I was at NYU. I think almost every professor I had at NYU mentioned Antiques Roadshow, and typically in the negative. Um, I, I think sort of the feeling that a lot of appraisers have about Antiques Roadshow, for instance, is that it gives the general public a sense that what we as appraisers do is look at an object and then divine sort of from nowhere a, a price, that we just have the price coming off the top of our head. And that is not what appraisers do. And this, the behind the scenes that you don't see on a, on a television show like Antiques Roadshow, for instance, is that with each object that's being appraised on that show, there's a team of appraisal professionals and each appraiser is actually doing a lot of work behind the scenes to provide an appropriate uh, fair market value for that artwork. And you don't see that on screen. All you see is the appraiser stating the value in sort of a verbal form. And, and typically, actually, in the appraisal field, you are not allowed to provide verbal appraisals. All qualified appraisers abide by something called USPAP, which is a, a nationally administered exam which covers the ethics around appraising and appropriate practices. It's basically the best practices for not only appraisers who handle personal property, which is artwork, fine art, decorative art, things like that, but also real estate appraisers follow the same sort of methodology. Um, so Basically, if you're looking to get an appraisal, what you see on Antiques Roadshow is not what a typical appraisal is going to be like. First of all, if you're thinking about having something appraised or if appraisal is something you have a question about, you should always have a reason to have an object appraised. I think often people come to me and they're sort of maybe curious about an object that's in their collection or an artwork, but they don't necessarily have a purpose to have an appraisal. So an informational appraisal is not really a purpose that, that you necessarily need an appraisal for. The three main reasons that you would need to have a professional written appraisal done for an artwork or for an entire collection are, you know, number one, if you want to ensure an individual artwork or an entire collection. So let's say maybe you have 10 really high quality artworks in your home and you'd like to include them in your homeowner's insurance in case of you know fire, flood, whatever. Um, that is one reason that you would need an appraisal. The second reason that you might need an appraisal is for tax purposes. And basically, you know, for tax purposes, one side of it is if you were to be giving an artwork to an institution to be used for what we call a related use. So that would include 
let's say you had a Jackson Pollock painting and you wanted to donate that painting to your local art museum, for them to include in their collection and for it to be on view at the museum for to relate to their mission as an art museum, you could have an appraiser appraise that work of art and then you would see a consideration in your income tax for that year that you're donating it, but it has to be for a related use. So that's something we could go more in depth in um, at a later date probably. And another sort of tax-related reason that you would need an appraisal is for what we call a state tax. So if you have a, a collection and you're looking to do estate planning and you're you know, determining where different works of art are going to go or how your children or grandchildren are going to deal with your estate at the time of your passing, you should either get an appraisal, um, consider, you know, talk to an appraiser in advance, or work with your attorney and your heirs to determine how the work's going to be divided up, and then they can consult with an appraiser you know, at the time of death in order to decide you know, specific tax issues related to the estate for high net worth individuals and for objects of value. So often people come to me and they say, you know, I want an appraisal for informational purposes. And usually what I say to them is you really should have a reason to get an appraisal. And maybe if you're curious about a work of art, you can come to me and I can often say to people, let me know what it is and we can talk about it. And if it's an object that I think really should be appraised for insurance purposes, for instance, I can, I can speak to that a little bit. But I typically don't provide, and not even typically, I never provide verbal appraisals and I don't provide any appraisal services for informational purposes. Usually if someone comes to me and they say, I found this painting in my attic, I'm curious about it, can you tell me anything about it? I'm happy to provide some research services, and that's typically something that I, even as an appraiser, I'll charge for that. Um, but I would never provide an appraisal unless there was a real purpose to have an appraisal done. So thinking of some of the reasons you might have an appraisal done and then sort of shifting into what the process of an actual appraisal is, there are a few aspects to an appraisal. The first part of it is the inspection. So you call an appraiser, you say, I have a painting that I would like to have appraised and I would like it appraised for my insurance so I can have it insured for under my home insurance. An appraiser should, if it's a local appraiser nearby to you, should really come out and inspect that object in person. Under some circumstances, it is acceptable for appraisers to perform appraisals using photographs for objects that are of lower values, this can be done. But really an appraiser, a good appraiser, should be looking at objects in person. And as part of this inspection in person, an appraiser will come and hopefully have you know, a flashlight and magnifying glass, measuring tape, you know, all the tools that an appraiser should have. And they'll look at the object close up They'll look at the, if it's a painting, for instance, look at the surface of the painting to determine what is the condition of the piece? Has there been any restoration to the piece? Is the piece in good condition? And, you know, how does the piece look pretty generally? And then they will typically look at the, the back of the piece, or what we call the verso of the piece, and determine if there's any labels, signatures, any markings on the back. And also by looking at the back, they can determine if a painting, for instance, has been relined or has had any significant uh, work done to it. 
So that's the first part. So they'll inspect the piece and typically, you know, it really varies from appraiser to appraiser, but I wouldn't say that the average appraiser would even make much commentary after looking at the piece. Typically when I look at a piece, I don't make much commentary to the client about what I think of the piece. And I'll take a number of notes and and among those I would say, you know, the size of the work, if the work is dated, I would record that. I would record any markings. I also usually photograph the work very specifically and I take a number of more general photos of the work and then I also take individual photos of either spots where the surface has some issues or interesting things that are going on in the back of the work or things that could indicate provenance and things like that. Then the second step is that the appraiser then will begin formulating an appraisal report in relation to the specific need that the client has. So if it's an insurance appraisal, the appraiser will first decide what value to use. So there's a number of different values. The most popular value to use is fair market value. And then for an insurance appraisal, typically you'd use retail replacement value or you know an insurance value determined between the appraiser and the insurer, uh, depending on what methodology the insurer uses to, to determine how to pay out their clients if pieces are are destroyed or damaged in a significant way. So then taking into account the maker of the artwork, the date of the artwork, you know, the size, the subject matter, the quality, the provenance, a number of issues. The appraiser then will go and use a series of databases to find what we would call comparable artworks. So some of the databases that are out there are Art Price or probably the most popular database in use right now is via Artnet. And even as a, a layperson, not necessarily as an appraisal professional, you yourself can buy a subscription to a service like Artnet, and the prices vary. You can buy a month-to-month subscription. You can buy a year-long subscription. It's very expensive. So if you're interested in buying one, I would suggest getting a short-term, maybe month-long subscription if you had pieces that you were interested in looking up. And then you go to this database, you search the artist by name, and you can find typically just auction results, so public auction sales results for that artist. So let's say as an example, someone came to me and wanted to have a Jackson Pollock, for instance, appraised. And I would go to Artnet, I would look up Jackson Pollock, and if it was a painting, I would look up just paintings by Jackson Pollock. And for another artist, let's say it's Andy Warhol, If it was a drawing by Warhol, then I would just look up drawings by Warhol. So determining what is comparable is is sort of tricky, and it's something that appraisers really need to be very conscious of. But a comparable for a drawing by Andy Warhol is a drawing by Andy Warhol, basically. For lesser-known regional artists, if there aren't a lot of auction results for that individual artist, if there aren't a lot of sales data out there for that individual artist, sometimes appraisers will use work by peer artists and maybe just comment on that work within the appraisal in order to give a sense of values for works of artists of that generation. But really a comparable artwork for for the majority of artists that appraisers are dealing with is a work by that artist that sold at auction recently, um, typically within the last, you know, hopefully under five years, hopefully within three years or so, in order to determine the way the market is reacting to a work by that artist. 
So that's basically step number two. So the work of an appraiser is actually a huge amount of research. So even for an individual object, if it's an object of that has real value to it and has a it comes from an artist that has a real background and has a serious you know body of work, it can take several hours to do the research just for one object. And then the appraiser writes the report and puts together a a convincing argument for a value for that work based on research and connected to comparable sales that have happened in the marketplace between a willing buyer and a willing seller. That's the way we sort of define it. Um, so typically appraisers would, ne- would not use a, a charity auction, for, for instance. Um, they wouldn't necessarily use, they wouldn't use sales that were compelled. So one historical example is that under the Third Reich, the Nazis forced sales of, of Jewish art owners regularly. And art owners often had the choice of, you know, maybe buying, a, buying their way out of the country or, or they had no choice at all. And so often works of art owned by Jewish collectors were put up at forced sales. So any sales data during that period is really basically invalid because that doesn't represent what the fair market value between a willing buyer and a willing seller would be. That's just one really extreme example uh, of how that would work. So the appraiser is going to go through and do an incredible amount of research, and then they're going to provide an opinion of value, and the opinion of value is going to come in a written form. So they're going to provide an appraisal report, and the appraisal report is going to be distributed to intended users. So the intended user is typically the client, the person who owns the work of art, and then the client might give the appraiser permission to make their insurer a second attended, intended user of that same appraisal report. Um, so like I said, just one piece can actually include a huge amount of research and several hours of research often. And it's not something that an appraiser can just do off the top of their head, for instance. Even for artists that I've appraised other works for, I would never just state a value. Um, if it's something that someone really has a lot of questions about but doesn't necessarily want an appraisal for, there are some other options too. In addition to getting your own subscription to a service like Artnet, you can always go to auction house websites. And if it's a pretty well-known artist, someone like, let's say, a Warhol or a Jackson Pollock, which might be an extreme example, those artists will have sales, recent sales, on the websites of auction houses like Christie's and Sotheby's and Phillips. If it's somebody who's less known and a more regional artist, you can often look at your regional auction house. So in the Northeast, our regional auction houses would be places like Skinner Auctioneers or Grogan and Company in Boston or Kaminsky's um, in, the, you know, in the New England area, basically. And so I think that gives a sense of just some of the work that goes into an appraisal and how complicated it can be. And it's not necessarily something that I as an appraiser can just state a value off the top of my head. And the other part of it is that appraisers, because they are professionals performing a service, always charge for their appraisal services. So if you're in a city like New York, um, appraisal services can range widely in price based on the experience of the appraiser or their specialty, things like that. 
But in a city like New York, for instance, the base rate for an appraisal can sometimes be something like $150 an hour. In places like Rhode Island, where I'm working, the base rate is much lower than that. But let's say you have an object that in any situation, the fair market value might be something like $500. The question then becomes, does it make sense to pay an appraisal professional to tell you the value of that work? So if you're in a marketplace where sort of the base rate for an appraisal is $100 an hour and an appraiser says a single item appraisal will be three hours, you know, that's $300, sometimes it doesn't necessarily make sense to have an appraisal if the appraisal is actually going to cost more than the work is worth. So that's a question that comes up sometimes for clients, I think. But I think oftentimes the things that surprise people most about appraisal are the amount of time that it takes. Usually I'll say to a client, if you need an appraisal, you really need to get to me at least six weeks in advance of when the appraisal needs to be completed. And even six weeks sometimes is really cutting it close because I have other things I'm working on. I also have a day job, which some appraisers do. And, and it does take a lot of time and a lot of research and a lot of effort to put together a, a really high quality appraisal for any work of art or for any collection of works of art. And I think the other thing that surprises people sometimes is the price. And so those are just some considerations that go into, into appraisal practice. So if you think that you might be in the market for an appraisal, you always want to seek out what we would call a qualified appraiser. So a qualified appraiser is somebody who has had exposure to the types of objects that you're talking about, somebody who has an educational background that qualifies them to make a value judgment about a work of art. And so, for instance, you probably wouldn't take a work of Chinese art, for instance, to somebody whose specialty is European and American painting, just because that person probably wouldn't be qualified necessarily to speak to the value of of Chinese art or of Middle Eastern art, for instance. Sometimes specialties are regional in terms of either European and Western art. Sometimes the specialty is a matter of a range of dates. There are appraisers whose specialty is modern and contemporary art. And sometimes it's really even more specific than that. So some appraisers only handle historic coins or or decorative arts of some kind, and other appraisers are what we would call a generalist, someone who can appraise objects across an array of dates and across a range of of media. So finding a qualified appraiser can sometimes be tricky. You might reach out to your local arts organizations, your local art museum. They can sometimes direct you to a local appraisal firm or something like that. Um, But really the best way to do it is to look to professional organizations. So like I said, I'm a member of the Appraisers Association of America. Um, One of the other large ones is the International Society of Appraisers. And there's also the American Society of Appraisers. So these are some options. If you go to a professional organization like the AAA, which I'm a member of, you can actually go to their website and they have a, a searchable database of appraisers. So you could even go there and you could say, I live in Nebraska and I'm looking for someone whose specialty is European painting because I have a Goya painting that's been in my family for many years that I'd like to have appraised. So that would be you know, one step for you if you were someone who was in the market for appraisal. But basically, I think what's important to understand is that if you want a quality appraisal, you have to go to a qualified professional, and you have to understand that it's going to take time and resources for an appraiser 
to come to a judgment about the value of works of art in your collection. And the other important thing is to really respect the neutrality of appraisers and not to pressure appraisers and not to give an appraiser a sense of what value you'd like to see on the work. You really have to let the appraiser do their job. Those are just some considerations. If you've never had an appraisal done of a work of art before, or if it's something you're curious about. So I hope that answers some questions, some general questions about what an appraisal is, who appraisers are, and how appraisals are done. And I think in future episodes, we can look more at that. But I also think it's something that I get a lot of questions about. So if you are someone who has a collection, you might be considering having appraised. I would usually typically recommend first looking for a qualified appraiser in your geographic area so that it's someone who has access to the work and can and can look at it closely. So I think for this, for my first episode, that's pretty much going to be what I'll cover today. And again, I'll say if you have some topic that you're really interested in, whether you're a collector and you want to learn more about appraisal, or if you're an artist and you have a question about how to apply to galleries or pricing or issues like that, or if you're just someone who's interested in art and wants to learn more about a certain topic related to art business or art history, I would invite you absolutely to send in questions via my website, michaelrosefineart.com, or you can also send them to me on Instagram if you want to, and I'm happy to cover any number of issues. And again, I'm thinking I'll do this about every couple of weeks. And other things that might be coming up in future episodes will be interviews with artists or art news or other things like that. And again, if you have any comments about this episode and you want to pass them along, that would be super helpful since this is episode one. We can work the kinks out right away and I can sort of talk about things that are most of interest to you and that you most want to hear about. Um, And so in the meantime, you know, if you're listening to this at the gym or if you're listening to it folding laundry or something, I appreciate that you're listening and I hope that you'll listen again next time. So I'll be posting these both on my social media, on Instagram and Facebook, and also on my website. And if you go to my website, you can also join my email list, and I'll probably be emailing out links to them as well. Thank you for listening to Fine Art Insights with Michael Rose.